Hey, it's Steve Bloom, the voice of your Toonami Operations Module. That's Tom for short, bitches. And you're listening to the Toonami Faithful Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to a very special Toonami Faithful exclusive. Uh, we have the usual suspects here tonight. You guys, uh, please introduce yourselves very quickly. The founder and CEO of ToonamiFaithful.com and Toonami News, Paul Pascrillo. And? Webmaster ToonamiFaithful.com, Daniel Sherlock. And? Hey, Samurai Derail Maddox, the guy who doesn't do Now, these people you hear all the time, who cares about them? But the yep. uh, person you want to be hearing is right here with us. You've requested him a, a lot of times, and he's been very gracious enough to join us tonight. Please introduce yourself, sir. <laughs> Oh, we lost oh, him. Oh, hey, hey. Uh, good morning. It's Steve Bloom. We did it. Stop emailing hey, us. Hey. <laughs> Sorry. I, Quit I, asking I us. There through the introduction, but I'm sure it was excellent. I'll listen to it back. <laughs> we'll do a second take uh, and everything. No, uh, of course not. And uh, we're, we, we, of course, have questions, so many questions, and we'll try to get it to as many of them as quickly as possible. But um, I actually think I want to – the first thing we need to do because – and I think all of you guys will agree with me is um, and I think everybody out there is going to want us to do this first as well is uh, thank you for helping us to bring back Tsunami. Thank you for helping us on Twitter and just just thank you for doing everything that you've done. I think we need to give them a round of applause, guys. Oh, that's nice. Thank you, guys. And and thank thank you guys. And thank thank you to all of you out there for participating and turning it into Twitter storms. And, and that that was eminently helpful in getting this thing back on its feet and um i mean we, we wouldn't have a show without you guys so thank you all for uh loving the show and wanting it back i was also <laughs> going to say that um fembo wanted me to say to you because yes I, I had to message her and make sure that she got to say something she might be the only one who knows this interview is happening <laughs> and, <laughs> that's how tough she better not is. tell anybody wow so anyways, uh, this is what she said. She said, tell him thank you for being supportive and positive during the Bring Back Tsunami movement and that we're all happy to hear him voicing Tom again. Aww. And by the way, she, she talks a lot on Twitter about how you put her in that video I asked you to do. And oh. she, is, she, she can't she, – she always talks about it. So. Aww. Well, she was really helpful to me. She, she schooled me on how to do Twitter, so – I'm very grateful to her. She schooled us all. Yeah. Yes, she did. <laughs> she did not school me. Uh oh. <laughs> For the record. I was, was anti Twitter. Yeah, he was. And we we changed his tune very quickly. You were anti Twitter. Wow. So you missed the party. I didn't, I didn't start using Twitter until I heard Bring Back Tanami and I started using it. Uh, That's kind of when I jumped online full time. So I, I was just using it on the fringes up until that point. So. Yeah, for give me, me purpose. For me, Twitter gave, gave me a purpose to actually tweet. Yes. <laughs> I, I had been using Twitter for about a year, and then Tsunami comes along, and all of a sudden I have followers because that's all I talk about now. Awesome. So thanks, Build Tsunami. You gave me followers. Yeah, <laughs> and I tweet drunk on Saturdays. Yep. Nice. And who doesn't, honestly? <laughs> if you're not drinking during Tsunami, you're under 21. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you shouldn't be staying up all night anyway. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, true. No, 18 is okay. I can imagine it now. Tom's being drunk. <laughs> no, Tom never drinks. He'd rust. 
Yeah, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. I, I, All right, we, 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 we do need to get on this. Please. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I almost feel like this is the Jason interview again. <laughs> or just mess around for drunk? way too long. He wasn't drunk, no, he wasn't. <laughs> we, we 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 did send him drinks, but I don't know if he actually drank them. No, uh-uh. <laughs> they won't go to waste. Um, anyways, uh, jo- Paul, do you want to start with these questions, and I'll do the Tanami ones, or do you want to yes, start? Yes, we'll get right into it, so okay. that uh, we can get this man back to his job because he's very busy. Yeah, um, and for for you guys out there listening, by the way, these guys are the most persistent bastards in the world. They they <laughs> doggedly. Uh, you know, attack my home, my children, my pets, just to get me on this damn show. So, so thank them for their hard work, and uh, <laughs> no, I, I really appreciate that you guys didn't give up on me. So, yep. so thank you to all of you. We'll be we sending started. your wife back in time for Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> and I won't I eat the dog. It'd be kind of scary, but but, and my girlfriend wouldn't be very happy about it. But ooh, oh, sorry. But, uh, but thank <laughs> it, it'll be an interesting back. I'm not signing for it when it comes to UPS. <laughs> <laughs> Mail order bride. Oh, view. I can see it right now. <laughs> hey, was we fool around that, way too that much. That arrives on my doorstep, boys. <laughs> All right. Let, let's, let's ask some questions. <laughs> All right. Let's get into the questions here. Uh, first question I wanted to ask, because I think a lot of people want to know, um, what is a typical day like for you? This is pretty much it. This is all I do. I sit here in front of a microphone. Uh, no, I, I uh, well, it changes from day. Every single day is a different kind of a schedule and a whole different mindset because I'm working on something different every day. But lately it's started a lot earlier only because I've been trying to uh, get my ass a little bit healthier. I've been doing marathons and stuff like that. So we, we usually get up around 630. We got a huge house full of pets. So uh, that alone is about an hour just to corral them all and get them all fed and get all the crap picked up. Um, I will usually pick up whatever auditions I haven't finished the night before, do my editing, get them out to my agent. And then uh, often my day will start in a studio at 9 o'clock in the morning like I did today. And I'll be in a session for two to four hours, usually a little break, another session, some auditions during the day, uh, usually try to get home around six, seven at night. And then I start to do my auditions for the evening. And that usually carries me through to about midnight. And, uh, so it's, it's a long day. My days are long and I, I still work really hard. We, a lot of us consider ourselves to be blue collar workers of the entertainment industry. And I'm sure, I sh- I'm sure that I speak for everybody when we say that we're, we fi- we're very appreciative of your hard work too. So, well, thank you. Um, next question is, since you're a very busy man, do you do you have a studio at your house where you record some of this stuff, or is it just strictly at um, studios? Yes, I do have a studio at my house, and I, I will be building a, a full-on studio in the next couple of years, but for the time being, I've converted a closet, and uh, I have a remote rig in there so I can slave from my computer, but it's, it's, a, you know, it's, just, it's as pro as I need it to be. Uh, I actually record the Toonami stuff from my home studio. And oh. uh, so everything that you're hearing on the air now is coming from my home studio. So uh, I use that for all my auditions primarily. And then I do do some promo stuff, trailer stuff, that that sort of thing from there. But it's it's a pretty good little space considering, you know, how crappy it looks. It's, <laughs> it, works pretty, <laughs> it works pretty good. Now, that's a serious setup to get that kind of sound quality, though. 
Yeah, it's not too bad. I mean, it, I've I've built out the walls, and uh, initially I I built the studio out to be portable, so everything's on wheels. But it does have walls all the way all the way around, goes to the ceiling, and I've got four inch foam on the inside, and uh, built a window in there. So it is a real studio setup. The sound is is dead and really good inside, and I've got a good microphone. I use Pro Tools, so it's it's a pro rig. It is a pro rig. Pro Tools for the win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe. Uh, Speaking Jose language. Yep. <laughs> sure. Um, I guess I'll ask this question next instead of the, the one that I was going to ask. Um, do you ever record anything using, like, for example, we're using Skype right now. Do you use, like, applications like that to ever record anything, or is it just strictly what you just said? Yeah, Skype I only use for podcasting. It's I don't find that the quality is good enough for my uses to uh, use Skype as a recording format. But when I do have uh, some emergency auditions that I have to get out, I, I have a little uh, microphone in the car and I'll use things like Twisted Wave or iAudition. And uh, you know, I've got a little USB mic in the car and, and I have done many auditions from the car that have ended up on the air. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll use whatever I've got on hand. But I try to stay with Pro Tools if I can in a, in a pretty decent rig. Okay. Um, my next question is uh, other than Toonami, what shows or voiceover work are you currently doing at the moment that you can actually talk about? Oh, yeah, about 90% of it I'm not allowed to talk about. But uh, something I did this week that the fans knew about before I did was a show called Least I Could Do, which is based on a, a webcomic series. And these guys are geniuses behind this thing. They've been doing it for many years, and they've got this gigantic following. They raised their own money on a Kickstarter kind of program, and they're actually making their cartoon now. And and uh, hired me to be uh, to play the part of Harry, the homeless bum, I believe his official title is. And so I get to belch and vomit and uh, show up in really <laughs> inopportune like moments. And it's it's a really know. fun. Gig. Damn, that's like my dream job <laughs> to be a fucking bum, man. And more vomit, the better. It's 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 awesome. Now these these guys are really fun to work with. It's going to be interesting to see if uh, or when they're going to be able to pull off more of these. They've got some big plans, so I'm I'm hoping that that'll continue. And then I'm still working on uh, Transformers Rescue Bots uh, for kids. Transformers for kids. It's a really fun show. Great cast, and still doing a lot on the regular show, and uh, a lot of games. Uh, just finished a, a thing called games. <laughs> a lot of games. Yeah, most of them I can't talk about. Uh, I think the most recent releases were Halo 4 and uh, Black Ops 2, Call of Duty. Um, but I'm, I'm working on a ton of those pro those kinds of projects that I can't talk about. And then I, I did a, uh, a motion comic, an inter a fully interactive motion comic thing called Infects that a lot of people haven't heard about yet. Uh, so if you haven't heard about that, check that out. That's going to be a pretty interesting project. They've got all these codes that you can tie into outside websites and lots of um, uh, ancillary stuff that they're building around it too. It's, it's something very different than I've worked on before. And uh, yeah, other than that, just the usual stuff, man. Okay. Uh, Darrell, your, your question is next. If you have the questions up in front of you. Yeah, I got them up. Um, okay, Steve, my first question was... Let's see. What was it? All right. For somebody who wants to um, break into the um, voice acting industry, what would you say to them? <laughs> Have a plan B. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that would be my that would be my first piece of advice because it's it's really tough. I mean, like anything in entertainment, it's really tough to get in. 
Um, the other piece of advice I would give is if you're going to get into voiceover, you have to get in because you love acting or you love doing voiceover and not for the money or fame or anything that you project on it. Because chances are that part of it may never materialize. Um, that said, there's always room for new new people coming in. And I encourage that. Uh, I've walked people in the door that I think are qualified or ready. Uh, and and uh, I'm you know, a big fan of new talent. I love seeing new blood come in. And I think that's what makes all of us in the voiceover industry so different than the rest of the entertainment world is that we actually support each other and we do support new talent coming in. So, you know, if you got the chops, if you've done your homework, if you've taken acting classes, if you've taken improv, uh, you've built yourself to the best that you can be in wherever you are living and you've got a demo reel and you are truthfully ready to, to take it on as a possible full-time thing, then you might consider coming to LA because that's where most of the work is. But I would say don't do that until you've done all the other stuff first. And there's, I've actually put a link on my website that says, how do I become a voice actor? So I would suggest going there first because that'll give you a lot of free information. You're not going to waste a lot of money um, on some empty promises that a lot of the, the classes will give you or the workshops. Um, and it also does have links to some legitimate classes and workshops and some inexpensive reading materials from some of my closest and dearest friends that wouldn't steer you wrong. And, uh, you know, then if you get through all that stuff and you, you're ready to take it up to the next level, then there's a lot of us out there that can help coach you through that. But uh, don't believe someone, if you have no experience, don't believe someone who is taking your money that's going to tell you, yes, I can get you a gig because that's not true. It's just not true. So beware the, the posers. And if you'd like to plug your site. Uh, it's just stevebloomvoices.com. And uh, yeah, take a visit there. There's lots of great information there and uh, lots of links to a lot of really good free information. So and I'd start there. Good. I would start there. Okay, well, my follow-up question would kind of coincides with this one. What inspired you to do voice acting in the first place? <laughs> uh, wow. It was sort of a mistake, actually. I, I didn't know that I was going to get into this profession at all. I had all sorts of other dreams and aspirations. And uh, I've always been doing stupid voices since I was a little kid, uh, always mimicking cartoon characters and creatures and things. And I never even considered the possibility of doing that for a career. Uh, in fact, I became, I was a musician for a while. I became a corporate executive in a film company working there for 14 years and doing voiceover on the side. It, I sort of fell into it accidentally and I learned how to act, uh, over the course of about 15 years of doing anime and just watching my friends and listening very closely. A lot of acting is about listening. And, uh, so I, I really didn't even realize I was a voice actor. I didn't even realize I was an actor until several years after Cowboy Bebop came out and the director, Mary, pointed out to me that I was an actor and it didn't even occur to me. I was just doing it for fun. Um, and it's not the way I would recommend for most people to get into the business. because <laughs> it, it took me about 20 years before I could do it full time. Um, and I, you know, I was just doing a bunch of other stuff. And then eventually I was working enough where I was able to quit my job and, uh, and suffered a lot. After I quit my job, I suffered for many years too. I, I put a lot of bills on credit cards and, you know, did a lot of stuff that a lot of actors have to go through. But um, it was not an intentional choice originally. 
Okay, basically, you just paid your dues all the way through. Uh, and I'm still paying them. Everybody, I mean, you know, people, I mentioned the other day that I was running out for an audition. I, I tweeted this thing that I went out for an audition that was, uh, I don't know, two and a half, three hours of driving for a, a five-minute audition. And that's what the job is, really. That's what we do more than anything else. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. They think that, you know, when you get to L.A. or Hollywood, that whole mystique about it is that, once you get to a certain point, you've done a lot of stuff that they're just calling you and knocking down your door for the next gig. And uh, all of us audition, unless you're a you know big on camera celebrity that does have that sort of effect. Uh, the rest of us in voiceover audition every day, probably twenty to thirty auditions for every job we book. Yeah. Okay, and this is my last question: How do you deal with the people who cannot differentiate between the real Steam Bloom and the characters that you actually play in animes? Or whatnot. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's so asking right there. Wow. Yeah, I do run into people who have that difficulty and distinction. Uh, I, I, I'm as kind as I can possibly be, and, <laughs> and uh, I'm not. Yeah, kind. Not as snarky as I am with some of my characters, not as threatening as I am. Uh, no, I understand that people get lost in it, and I've been doing conventions long enough that I, I kind of get what the fans are thinking. And, you know, if they have that trouble differentiating, differentiating between the two, I try to give them a little bit of the best of both and try to leave the nasty bits out when I do run into them face to face. So online, if they get out of control, then I have to shut them down once in a while. But, but, uh, you know, if I meet them live out there, I'm, I'm a pretty nice guy. That's good to know. Okay. Dan, this, Daniel, this is your question. Unless, unless you'd like me to, to read it. I'll read it since okay. my question. And <laughs> yeah, you can't even read. Ooh. <laughs> oh, wow. We're, we're kind of yeah, mean we're to harsh. each other on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it somehow works. Yes, we, don't, it does. we don't know why. <laughs> we don't know why. Doesn't uh, really my, matter. I mean, my first question no, is actually not Tanami related. Um, how was it working with the team from the last Airbender Legend of Korra? Oh man, those guys are amazing. Well, I'm I'm a fan of um, Avatar anyway, and that whole style, you know, kind of takes after my first love of anime, and uh, they just did it so brilliantly. Uh, the writing was amazing. The cast was incredible. The creators are, are just unbelievable. Those guys are my heroes. They um, they come up with these ideas. They sh they oversee every aspect of production. It's really a labor of love there, and um, I, I was so honored to be part of that franchise. And uh, you know, I'm I'm still I'm on a little high from that. So, <laughs> well, I, I have to say that first time we actually saw Amon gave me chills down my spine. Awesome, and that's how well that role is played out. But um, I thank you for that role. Um, my second I'm question. <laughs> <laughs> my second question is before Tanami returned well, it's a kind of two part before Tanami returned to the screen were you excited to do Tanami again and when you came back what was your reaction oh hell yeah no I, I had no idea I mean before we did the April Fool's stunt uh, I had no idea that Tanami would actually come back we always hope for that sort of thing there have been so many shows that I've done that have uh, you know, kind of gotten lost in the mix or lost their financing or they, they just didn't market them properly. With Toonami, I really, I thought it had run its course, as did a lot of people. 
They just couldn't get the programming they needed or wanted to sustain it. And it was always my hope that we would be able to bring it back. And uh, for them to have called me for the April Fool's stunt, that alone was enough for me to to almost cry. You know, I, I, I was... I was touched. I was just touched that they wanted me to be part of this and to try to bring this thing back. And I wasn't aware of the the full plan. They did tell me that, you know, they really would like to bring it back. They weren't sure if it was possible, but that was their plan. And they asked if I'd be interested. And I, I gave a pretty quick hell yeah. So I'm, I'm very invested in Toonami. I, it was such a huge part of my career. And from what I hear from the fans, a huge part of their childhood and uh, an iconic cultural event. So, you know, why not bring that back if we can bring it back to its full glory? Absolutely. All right. All right. So we'll get back into the tsunami questions in just a sec. Uh, uh, but let's finish up with the other two questions that I have. Um, okay. I'm sure I'm sure you've heard about the movement to bring back Megas XLR. <laughs> uh, this question I definitely have to ask because. I know people want me to ask it. If um, George does get to does does get the rights back to Megas XLR, and they can either reboot it or whatever the case with Megas XLR, would you come back for that as well? I will be camping out in his damn backyard with a giant robot. Hell <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yes. I just heard him. You just heard him say it. You heard the man. Yeah. You heard oh, the man. absolutely. And I that's one of the shows that I was talking about that you know, it kind of got lost before its time. I can't believe that it didn't continue. Uh, it, I don't think they knew what to do with it at the time. And the fans sure loved it, but I, I just don't, there were a lot of changes happening in Cartoon Network when that was going on. And I just don't think yeah. they knew what to place it. Uh, I think that uh, the fan base being what it is, I think that show could be really successful again. And, uh, it was such a, a brilliant nod to anime and fans of anime and video gaming and, and you know, all the stuff that all of us love so much that I, I can't imagine that show not succeeding. So, hell yes, I'm on board. Um, and also, I, I don't think that – because you've been so busy, I don't know if you heard uh, the news that we broke on our podcast uh, on Monday when we put it out. But uh, apparently Cartoon Network had wrote off the uh, – wrote off Megas XLR. So apparently they can't play it either on Toonami or any like Cartoon Network or Adult Swim or anything affiliated with adults with uh, Cartoon Network in the United States. Oh, I didn't know. Yeah, I, I I knew that they didn't have the rights. I had heard that they didn't have the rights, but I don't know what the the politics are of all that or the legalities. So yeah, I, I have no idea. I mean, but but you know, rights are the kind of thing. If they're not uh, being exercised, there is a possibility that they can be sold back and forth too. So right. who knows? I don't know what the future holds. I have no, I'm not privy to any of that stuff. I'm just the voice monkey. Right. No, I, I just thought I'd let you know because I, I know that you're busy and you, you may have not heard that. Yeah. I did not hear that inf- piece of information now. So um, hope trust in George. I do. I, I put all my trust in George. All right. And my last question before we get into the tsunami questions that are brilliant from Jose Mariad. Um, out of all the shows you've done in the past, what is your favorite show and why? Oh, man. I can't choose. I, I get asked <laughs> that question a lot. It's, it'd be like choosing which finger to cut off, you know. Uh, they, they all hold a special place for me, some more than others, but uh, I couldn't choose one. There's just no way I could choose one. Well, I guess I have to ask, would, would Toonami be at the top of that list then? 
Tsunami is way up there, of course. Yeah. And, and Tsunami, it kind of holds a place on its own that that nothing could even compete against because it's it's more than just a show. It's a it's a show of shows. You know, it's it's some it's something that uh, gave people a place to go and continues to. And so I think Tsunami is even more than just a show. It's it really is. Um, it, it's a destination, I think. And I All think right. that segues perfectly into the Tsunami questions. So, You're um, welcome, So the first thing I got to ask is, how did you get involved in Tsunami in the first place, way back when? Man, it was so long ago. I don't remember the exact uh, way it happened. But from what my foggy memory can recall, I think uh, Sean and Jason contacted me and... Uh, I think they were fans of Bebop or maybe some of the anime stuff that I had done back then. And the original meeting was going to take place, I think, at Comic-Con or, or one of the conventions that I was attending. And we were just going to have a beer together. And I don't remember if we ended up meeting at that particular convention or if we met at some other convention. But we ended up sitting down having a beer together. And they told me about this plan. And they asked if I'd be interested. And I couldn't believe that they were interested in me. I it was the first time anything like that had ever happened. And, uh, I was immediately intrigued and very, very excited about it. And I jumped on board right away as fast as they could get out of their mouth. I said, yes. So, uh, that, that's pretty much how it happened. I, it's as far as I recollect, I, I don't remember if they contacted me through the agent, through my agent or directly, but, uh, it was, it was pretty casual. They were pretty casual about the whole thing. And uh, speaking of Jason and Sean, how did they direct you from Atlanta? I'm assuming you were in L.A. at the time. I was in L.A. and working out of a recording studio studio in L.A. Uh, over a voice patch. Uh, everything was remote. Um, I didn't meet them for a very long time, actually. They, uh, as far as um, you know, on an official capacity like that, they they came out a little ways after that, and we did see each other on other things. But uh, for the most part, it was all over the phone. And uh, I was in a studio called Davis Glick where we did most of it. And then some of it was at Bang Zoom Studios. And, uh, but all of it was over the phone. It was never live. And um, how, much, how much reference do you get, animation or character drawings, uh, do you get from Tom before you voice him? And does it affect your performance at all? Uh, pretty much none. Yeah, they, I have to rely on those guys to direct me through uh, – the the verbiage basically I have a sheet of paper in front of me and sometimes they would when we were doing some of the the vignette types of things uh they would give me more of a um chunk of context to work with but it wasn't based on visuals at all it was they would they would have to describe what the universe was going to look like and I just sort of had to make it fit and you know everything was recorded uh before they did the animation as far as I know or they just made it fit they just told me what lengths of pieces that they needed and they fit them in afterwards. So I wasn't involved in any of that process, but that's pretty common for animation or video game work, that sort of thing where they, they try to uh, create the context for me and I just give them what they're asking for. And that's, that's my job. So yeah, they have to, they have to hold the big picture in their heads compared to say anime where you, you have the video in front of you, you have to match the lip flap. Yeah, that's a whole different skill set. It's it's uh, yeah, I mean, and that's where I started. A lot of people are intimidated by that. That's where I started, though. So that that's actually a pretty comfortable place for me to be. Um, and that's it's nice. It's nice to have those visuals to work with. And 
somewhat limiting because we do have to fit the uh, English verbiage into the Japanese mouth movements and their sensibilities and the scripts have to be rewritten so that they work for an American audience. So there's a whole different technical aspect to that. Uh, but yeah, it's very different from the way something like uh, Tom's stuff would be crafted. Um, now, when, when Sarah was on, did you guys record your lines in the same booth or were you separate recording with her recording the lines first and you may be hearing it during playback or vice versa? It was always separate. I think I might have heard her lines first, maybe on one or two occasions. That was it. The rest of the time it was I was by myself in the booth. They just I think they brought us in when we were available and it wasn't necessary for us to be in the booth at the same time. I I would have loved to work with her. It would have been fun. But uh, we didn't really have that luxury. Now, uh, when the intruder happened, how did you feel about taking over the character from Sonny Strait, who'd been doing it for for a couple of years at that point? Well, that was kind of weird for me. Once I found out, I I really wasn't very familiar with uh, Toonami prior to that. And I didn't know Sonny. And I've still not met Sonny. I I certainly know of his work now. And, uh, you know, if, if I had known him, like I do with all of my friends, I would have called and made sure he was okay with it. Uh, I just didn't know him at the time. And uh, we're in the voiceover community. We're very, very respectful of each other and especially characters that we've established. And I just didn't know. I, I really didn't have that context. Yeah. So, I mean, after I, I found out that, that uh, uh, Tom one was basically killed and I was taken over, I, I felt kind of bad about it and uh you know i've always wanted to have a conversation with sonny just to see how he feels if he's holding any resentment about it um i i don't when other people take over my characters if if things evolve uh, personally but you know i i can absolutely respect if he did at the time um so i hope he har- harbors no ill will well i've, I've actually I, spoken to sonny and uh he, he doesn't but I, i'm sure oh, we'll, we'll we'll set it up we'll get you guys together We'll, we'll, well that'd be good. For both I'd, of you. Actually, <laughs> I'd actually really like to meet him. I'm a fan of his. I think he's great. I think he's amazing. And, uh, you know, he, he set a bar pretty damn high for me to pick up and run with. So, you know, once I got familiar with his work, I was, I, I felt kind of bad about it. Now, speaking of Tom, the, the character of Tom is a very beloved character to many fans, as you know, which is surprising since he's not really a show. He's just a host. How does it feel to have such an effect with a character that should be kind of minor? Yeah, that's kind of a weird phenomenon. I can't really take credit for that because I didn't do the writing for Tom. I think it's, you know, Sean and Jason and now Gil, uh, who's gotten much more involved even than he used to be, uh, for breathing life into him and to create a character that the fans could latch on to. You know, like I said before, I'm just the voice monkey. I just come in and I do the lines that they give me. And, you know, even for the video game reviews and stuff, I don't even play the games. The guys are the ones responsible for all of that content. So, you know, the only thing that I, I can do is react to how the fans have reacted. And, and I get a lot of the credit for the hard work that these guys have put in for years uh, because I, you know, I put the voice behind the, I, I guess you can call it a face, the voice behind the helmet. Um, <clears throat> but for me, it's, it's uh, humbling to go to conventions or to hear fans say that I was such an inter- integral part of their life or that Toonami was such an integral part of their life growing up and continue, continuing forward now, it's a very humbling thing to uh, be part of somebody's history. So, you know, if I am that 
in any small fashion, I'm just proud to be aboard and proud to be a part of that huge, much uh, something that's much bigger than me. But again, you know, I can't take credit for it. I'm not the creator. Now, uh, what was it? What was it like to record what was supposed to be the final lines for Tom when Toonami was canceled? Could you could you walk us through that day? Oh man, that hurt. We di- I didn't get a lot of warning. Uh, I think I had found out maybe a few days before. And we had been doing it for a long time. And I, I knew things were winding down. And I knew they weren't getting the programming they needed to keep things going. So it, it was inevitable that the end was coming at that time. But I didn't really want to uh, get out of my little bubble to admit that that was the truth. So when that day came, it was it was a pretty sad drive to the studio. And I think we all gave a moment of silence in the booth. And I, I did cry. I actually cried in the booth that day. Uh, which is very rare for me. And I've had a lot of shows come and go, but that was a big one. That was a, that was a really tough thing to let go. So, uh, and I know it was really hard on the other guys too. It was been their baby for so long. It was hard on us too. So we're all, we're all there oh, with yes, you. It was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but when, when tsunami, I guess we sort of answer this question, but I'll, I'll, I'll ask it anyways. When, when April fools did come around, uh, what was, what was your first thought when tsunami returned for the night? <laughs> can I cuss on here? Sure. Yes, yes you can. <laughs> it was fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can I couldn't believe I got to do that. I the fact that they were taking over Adult Swim, uh I it was it was unbelievable. It was kind of a surreal phone call. Uh and I jumped on board immediately, of course, and I was really really excited about it and even the possibility of it continuing on was good enough for me for that night. And like a lot of the fans, I was, you know, I didn't know if it was going to work itself into something else. But when I saw the response online, my email blew up, my Twitter blew up, my Facebook blew up that night. Uh, I felt like I was part of something much bigger than I had even anticipated. And so that's when I jumped online with Twitter and we started the Twitter storms. And I just felt like I had to get involved. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> um, that was, it was actually really cool. It was it, it was really fun. I felt like a little kid, uh, you know, getting myself involved in a piece of history. As you know, his, history will show how long this incarnation of Tsunami will go. But it, I mean, we made history that night. I think the viewership on Adult Swim went from something like I think they said it was like two two hundred thousand to two point four million that night. And uh, that's substantial. That's substantial for any show starting at midnight. I think that's that was an amazing evening. Now, uh, this sort of segues perfectly into our next question. But when when the response seemed to be so large, uh, you and and frankly everybody, but you really uh, tried to rally people to get it back. How, how did you react when the movement kept going on for weeks and weeks without news instead of dying out like some flash in the pan trend? I was uh, I was operating as a fan. I didn't know what was going to happen. And so I was I was basically one of you guys out there just hoping that the show would continue. And that was my motivation for it. And I, I really liked reaching out to the fans and just hearing what everybody was thinking and uh, and just getting up, getting into the mix. You know, as I for years and this this kind of started way back in anime uh, in the very early days, I was a little intimidated by the fan base. And once I realized that there was such a huge fan base for that type of genre, uh, I went to a, a fan convention in San Jose 
California. And it was terrifying. The the fans were angry and bitter that we were, you know, bastardizing anime by putting English words in their mouths. And so I was a little bit intimidated from that. And I, I didn't interact with the fans for many years. Uh, I was I was just scared of it. I thought they were all freaks and crazy and they had threatened my family's life. And, and so I just didn't want any part of that. And so I started delving into the fan community through conventions about 10 years ago and realizing that the fan base had grown up. They were actually a bunch of really nice, really, really intelligent people who knew a lot more about what I did than I do. And I wanted to become part of that community. And no, I don't know all the references. I don't watch all the shows like everybody out there does. But I certainly feel I'm like I'm part of that community. And I felt like I owed it to the community to be a part of this revolution. If it was going to take place, if it wasn't going to take place, I didn't really care either way. I just wanted to be part of it. And uh, if I may, if I may add something to that, um, I remember asking you to to make that the first video did because you made a second one when uh, tsunami came back. But the first video that you did, I remember I remember waking up and I'm like, "What did Steve just say that he just made a video and he's putting it up?" <laughs> <laughs> And then, of course, Fembo, like, died on the ground. <laughs> yeah, that was something different for me. I've never done that before for any show I've been on. And, uh, and I, you know, I don't know if that'll happen again. It was – I was motivated. That's that's all I can say is I was motivated. And it wasn't about money and it, and it wasn't about furthering my career. It was just about being part of something that was much bigger than I was. And we appreciate it, sir. Thank you. Well, um, thank you, guys. Of course. Thank you. And – um. Uh, when, when Toonami did return, how, what was your, what was your thought? What was going through your head? How did you feel about it? Oh man. Uh, well, I, there was a little bit of disbelief going on, but they had been talking about it. We had been, uh, trying to work out details. And, uh, when the day finally came, I just couldn't believe that they had pulled it off. And, uh, you know, like I said, I'm not the creator for it. So I, I wasn't involved in all of what it really took to bring it back on the air. And I know that uh, Sean and Jason were doing this in their spare time with no money. And, uh, you know, I, I can't thank them enough for doing this for you guys. And it's it's really a love for the genre and a love for you guys out there that, that they did it because it certainly wasn't for financial gain. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if financially it's even been rewarding for them yet. But, um, yeah, it's it, – <laughs> I, I, I'm humbled by the whole thing. That's that's pretty much all I could really say is I'm humbled by it all. Um, now, we know you're extremely busy with many other shows, uh, but as Jason told us, you make time for Toonami. Now, what, what is it about Toonami that makes you so committed to returning week after week? It's, again, it's the stories that I hear from the fans when I get out there and I do these conventions all over the world, the fans that come up to me and, and talk to me about how profound an influence Toonami has been for them. Uh, that gives me purpose in, in my life, let alone my career. Um, you know, I've heard stories from people that have told me that watching Toonami, that, that having those shows available to them kept them from committing suicide. I mean, it's, it's gotten that deep. It's gotten that profound. Uh, and if, if something that I'm working on has that kind of effect on somebody, I, I want it to continue. And um, so I'm motivated. I'm motivated on a very deep personal level to have Toonami continue. I, I, like I said, I think it's a destination and it's 
and we're bringing it to a whole new audience in a whole new time. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just fun to be part of something like that. Um, now, since you are an adult swim now, instead of regular Cartoon network, do you, do you change the play you wait, the, the, the way you play Tom, or is it relatively the same? It's pretty much the same guy. I mean, Tom is Tom is Tom and I don't think any of us really want him to change too much. In fact, even in the early days when we had an afternoon block, uh, the guys would tell me to imagine that Tom was saying you f after every line. <laughs> like that. But, but that gave that little modicum of snark that made Tom Tom. And, and we've never really deviated from that because it, it works. It really defined his character. And uh, Tom has ob- obviously got a, you know, a big heart, but he's got that snark behind him too. And I think that that's uh, been a very attractive quality for him that we want to maintain. Now, um, now, are there, are there any shows that you've worked on that you'd like to see on Toonami? What are your, uh, and what are your top two Nami, three top two Nami shows of all time? Oh man, that's not for me to choose. Honestly, <laughs> it really isn't for me to choose. Um, cause like I said, I, I don't have the time to watch the shows and I know that's really disappointing to some of the fans. Uh, but you know, I only saw Cowboy Bebop a year and a half ago. And, you know, I, I worked on that show like 14 years ago or something. Um, so I'm really not the guy to ask. I, I would say that question really should be directed to the fans, the guys that really are staying up all night and watching this stuff. Uh, and as far as stuff that I would love to have on the air, of course, Megas XLR. But, we, you know, knowing what we know now, I don't know if that will ever come to fruition. I, I, I really couldn't even give you a qualified opinion about that. Um. That's good enough for me. Is that okay? <laughs> That's totally fine. That's we good we for me. we That's we, we understand. We we all I mean, understand. I'm not. I'm. You know. I go on to the next thing after I do it. I I record tsunami and I'm on to three other projects. So uh, you know, I'm invested as deeply as I can get invested, but I I don't have the time to watch the shows end to end. So I don't. Know, I, I don't think I don't, anybody's gonna be pissed about pissed. that though. Yeah, they know. They know by now. Yeah. Yeah. Back in the old days, they were threatening my life because of it, but now they know. <laughs> I feel like a lot of voice like actors that. go through that, uh, where they uh, just don't don't have the time no. to watch the stuff, and people are shocked, and now I feel like people are used to it. Yeah, I think most of us have kind of put it out there that we're, you know, we're working. That's We just don't have the time to do that, and when we're not doing this, we're trying to, you know, keep a personal life together. And it's tough. I mean, it's, it's uh, I you know, I know a lot of other voice actors do a lot of auditions from home like I do. And, you know, when you come home six, seven at night and you're recording till midnight, it doesn't really give you a lot of time to, uh, you know, invest in other things. So I, I try to go outside <laughs> or play with my animals. <laughs> also, I, I don't <laughs> like, live. Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's it. That's all I was going to say. Um, also, I don't think voice actors, I, I don't want to picture voice actors going home, you know, popping in a DVD that they worked on and be like, yeah, I'm awesome. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. If I was a voice actor, I probably would do that. Like, yeah, I'm awesome. you know what? Every time, <laughs> once in a while, that does happen. It, but it has to have already been on. And you know, I'll, I'll be uh, particularly proud of a scene if it comes out well, or if they choose the take that I liked. That kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> I had a few of those moments watching Legend of Korra recently, just because it's such an awesome show, and just to be part of that, I had I geek out like everybody else or Transformers, Transformers Prime, watching that and just hearing my voice 
uh, you know, at the same time as Frank Welker and Peter Cullen. You know, I, I geek out. I have my little fanboy moments, too. So, by the way, you kick ass at Starscream, sir. Oh, thank you. Call me Lord. Oh, <laughs> yes! yes! You just made Darrell's night. Yes, you did. Uh, I think you made everyone's night. That is, that is an awesome show to work on. It's so much fun. The whole cast is incredible. It's, it's you know, fanboy's dream come true. Um, now, do you do you have a lot of say over what Tom looks like, or since Toonami has uh, returned to TV, do you have any say over that? I feel like you probably don't. I feel like you've answered that question a bit. I got no say over nothing. I am literally just the voice guy. Those the the creative geniuses in Atlanta are the guys that put all of that together. Um, yeah. I don't even question it because their their choices are so good. And uh, since Toonami has returned, uh, has that attributed to? Uh, the amount of work you've been getting lately, or is that just been going out and auditioning all the time? Toonami really hasn't affected my other work, I don't think. Um, I don't I don't know. You know, I can't really judge anything by that. I haven't uh, – I don't think I've booked anything because of Toonami, but I've certainly worked on a lot of shows and games where they are fans of Toonami, and uh, especially now – so many years later, a lot of the guys who are producers and directors are saying, I grew up listening to you, man. But I don't think that that's why they're bringing me in. I still have to audition for everything like everybody else. And, uh, you know, that's just the benefit once I'm there in the studio is that we can have that connection. Now, uh, we, we have three questions left over. Uh, do, do we still have some time left or? Yeah, fire away. Okay, cool. We'll, 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 we'll kind of lightning around these. Uh, no, it's okay. Are there any particular lines from Tom that you fondly remember or asked to say at conventions all the time? I'm sure there are a couple. <laughs> well, I don't remember anything because I my brain doesn't work that way. That's why I'm a voice actor. But I I do have uh, quotes that fans will ask for. One being the the final speech uh, when Tom when Toonami was going off the air, and then the other was well. You want me to do the final speech for you guys? Sure, sure, please. <laughs> Darrell, yeah. All right. Well, this is the end, beautiful friends. After more than 11 years, this is Toonami's final broadcast. It's been a lot of fun. We'd like to thank each and every one of you who made this journey with us. Toonami wouldn't have been anything without you. Hopefully, we've left you with some good memories. So, until we meet again, stay gold. Bang. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Sent chills down my spine just now. Yes, it did. Fans yes. will ask for that all the time to the point where I actually had to write it down. And now so for the Legend of Korra. No, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, the other line, of course, that everybody wants to hear, and I, I'll start a lot of panels these days all over the world at conventions, is I'll, I'll walk up on stage and I'll just say, Toonami's back, bitches. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite line for real right now. <laughs> One of the yeah, best reasons to go on Adult Swim now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Exactly. That alone is is good enough. More profanity. Right. Right. Then, now, um, over. Uh, we kind of answered this question, so I'll skip it. But is there um, okay. So the last question is uh, is there a difference between the three Toms that you've played, like Tom one, uh, not Tom one, Tom two, Tom three, Tom four? Uh, not vocally. Um, you know, they they had to change the design up for their own reasons, but. Not vocally, it's it's Tom. Tom is Tom is Tom as far as I'm concerned. Uh, you know, even if he's walking around with a 
big head, big eyeballs, and a moving mouth. It, it's still, it's still Tom. And I, I may have been one of the, you know, the ten people that loved Tom for, but, but I loved him for what he was. It was just a different incarnation of him. And, you know, Tom can take many forms. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think is from my perspective. I don't think Tom's changed at all. All right, uh, that is the last of our questions. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want to ask. Yeah, I want to. I want to ask. Yeah, I want to know what Steve drinking on, man. <laughs> well, I, I haven't started drinking yet tonight, but I will. Uh, tonight's selection. Tonight's uh, selection, I believe, will be some Oban, some uh, a nice single malt whiskey, Scotch. And my favorite Scotch is Bruchladi. If you haven't tried that one, that's a really good one. Yeah, I'm gonna have to try that one right now. Yeah, but I, I drink a little bit of everything. I I drink a little. I I am not a uh, one of the guys you, uh, that I know. Do fans ask you to do the uh, um, Amon's uh, when I was a boy uh, in Comic Cons? What was that? The um, when um, Amon's speech is saying uh, when I was a boy, a firebender t- uh, took away my family. Why not? Oh, nobody's asked for that one yet. I think that one was like the best speech. I would definitely ask for it. <laughs> well, I'm I'm gonna look it up. I'll write it down and I'll have it ready for the next convention. You know what? I'm actually gonna. This is gonna be the last question. I think, unless Darrell, you have something. Or Jose, I, I came up with something real quick, but go ahead and ask. Okay. Um, I have to ask this because we're friends with Richie. We've met with Richie Branson. Um, have you heard his song? I mean, obviously it was in the intro for the. I think it was the first two or three intros for the new tsunami. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. Just brilliant. No, I love what he did. I th- I thought that was amazing. I all of us did, obviously, because it made it onto the show. Just uh, just the fact that somebody would take the time to do that in support of the show, and I don't know if he knew how big that was going to become, but I think that's probably helped him to get to the next level of his career. I hope so. I hope so too. Yeah, how is he doing? Have you guys talked to him recently? Uh, oh yeah, he's he's helping us out on a very special project. Oh, nice. Okay. Oh, sorry. I'm not supposed to talk about that. Sorry. Sure. <laughs> you know, you know the rules, Jose. I know the rules. I just broke them. <laughs> Five dollars. Okay. Edit, 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 edit. Like a ninja. Steve, because Steve is here, we'll we'll break this news. Because it's just because of you, Steve. Oh um, man. <laughs> he is going to be on our CD near Core Absolution. Sweet. And actually, I I will send you a song for Kadesh Flow. I don't know if you've heard the Watch Tsunami song. I have heard that, yes. Also like, awesome. Oh, Kadesh is going to love you. Also awesome. <laughs> I, I just listened to that the other time. I yeah. tweeted that to you because I wanted you – because I really wanted you to, to, to hear it because that, that was definitely – that was a really good song that it came up with. Even Jason even tweeted it, so that was good. Yeah, amazing. Just amazing. So Yeah, that's that's not one of my superpowers. So I'm, I'm – <laughs> Well, actually that leads, that leads me to, to a quick question. Voice. That yes. does lead me to a quick question. Um. It, would you would you be willing to maybe make a cameo with your voice on a, on the uh, on either Richie or Kadesh's tracks? And we are recording right now, so if you want to do them, those guys can listen and maybe pull uh, from this podcast. Yes, I would, and you know, I I would do that as long as uh, it's okay with Jason and Sean, or not not even Sean and Sean doesn't care anymore. Jason, yeah. if it's if it's okay with Jason. Uh, I'd be happy to do that. And I would actually record something from the home studio so you have the best possible quality. 
God, Kadesh is going to love you so much right now. So, uh, yeah, if you guys can get permission from Jason, then, then I'll be happy to do it. Okay. We got to uh, get him back on the phone. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll email him. But I, okay. may, I may have Jose email him and then CC you in on the email just so that he um, he's open to it. Okay. So um, that'll work. And, yeah, happy to do it. Oh, God, what was my last question? Oh, Wasn't that your last question? No, I had another one, but I forgot it. <laughs> couldn't couldn't have been that important. I forgot it. See, well, we're so tongue tied by this. Yeah, we're all dying out here. <laughs> this is why we write them down, and then we come up with <laughs> why we ones. write them down. <laughs> well, it's late. It's past my bedtime, so it's it's, oh. it's late for At us least on, on the East Coast, Coast anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, guys, you guys are in New York, right? Yeah, um, New- he's in New York. I'm in Florida, and oh. I'm in Alabama. Yeah. How are things in New York? Are you guys okay? You would oh, have that to would be Daniel. <laughs> would be a daniel question actually um we're okay we have more, everybody has power thank god oh that's good and uh, i want i want to actually thank you personally um for tweeting red quads thank you oh my pleasure people really stepped up there's been a lot of money donated yes so. and it really meant a lot when you tweeted it i was like oh my god he's my hero now <laughs> Oh, it's, it was it was awesome. The fans have really uh, stepped up, and it's not something that I you know I don't publicize the numbers and things, but a lot of people donated a hundred dollars or more, and I've been doing these recordings almost every night. So uh, yeah, oh, thank, thank you, you. Thank, thank you to everybody who stepped up to help out the Red Cross and and everybody on the East Coast that needed that help. So I, I hope it's the help is getting delivered where it's needed. And, it's and definitely we- definitely is. A lot of people still are suffering a little bit that's probably because of insurance but yeah and, and we and we will be uh i don't know if people heard this before but i'll repeat it again we will be donating part of our uh whatever we make off the uh the album to uh the empire state fund is what what it is awesome for, uh, those people in long island so well that gives me even more incentive to work on it so yeah get that permission from jason i'll be happy to to okay. climb board all right um all right I believe that is it. We thank you so much for all the years that you've uh, you've been doing this, not just on Tsunami, <laughs> but in general, just overall. Thank you. And oh, thank you. Um, and and I think it's it's probably the best way to end the show is to have you have the last word and just say whatever you want to the fans because I think a lot of fans have been waiting for this and from the Guinness world record, <laughs> Guinness world record holder. No, the Guinness World Record holder, anime. Steve Bloom. <laughs> uh, all I can really say is thank you guys for tuning in for all these years. Thank you for the support. Uh, thank you for the love. And th- just thank you for listening in and, and taking the stuff that came from the heart to your hearts because um, it was meant that way. And we're going to continue on building a better cartoon show as best we can. So and, until we speak again, stay gold. Only tsunami. Getting glued to the screen, enjoying the newness of scenes from anime. True to the theme of Toonami's awesome line. Cartoons that brought the crunk out of the boy. To punk out all the toys and catch DBZ in the afternoon. Watching you hock the show and gun the wings, what I had to do. Through the high school ages, then in college, it was sadly doomed. But now it's back. Four years later, and my humble request is don't ignore this. Haters said it wasn't making money, but now it's a matter of perspective. Toonami needs raiders for funds to gather more collections of tunes that are Mr. Free. In the summer, hey, still too cool to ignore on the Saturday. But the most important piece of the puzzle is you. Cause tsunami doesn't stay if nobody's up to view.
so watch Tsunami. You heard me, watch Tsunami. Saturdays at midnight, well, we know the bleach is on. We say we're definitely watching Samurai 7X. And if you get the symbionic Titan, I'm impressed. It ain't a 7 through Inuyasha, the retro fix. Bleach brings you in, and it's a battle for the best of six. Trying to get each show above a million. If it happens, it will ensure that Tsunami's built the lineup of nested hits. And while I'm on this subject, I guess I have to say I wouldn't be hard-pressed to keep requesting shown in anime. Just let the guys that turn to do their magic know they're listening, but bringing in shows that you'll positively evaluate. Gotta be happy with what we're looking at as Tsunami Faithful. Just a few months ago, this wasn't even on the table. There was a void that could only be filled with time or cable. So personally, I will watch as long as I am able. So join me as we strive to keep these ratings up. Waiting on the other tools that Jason D is saving up. Nocturnally waking up to see adults from quaking us with new Tsunami tunes that use as entertaining staples. But while it's paramount that we watch and enjoy, make a party of it for the girls and the boys. Bring a new fan of forward to your television lair and let's enjoy some animated keep. Tsunami on the air. Yeah. Watch Tsunami. Watch Tsunami. Uh, better watch Tsunami. Everybody. Watch Tsunami. Everybody.